Welcome to another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church. Wonderful. You can grab your seats. It's, uh, it's a real privilege to be here uh, with what we consider to be like family this morning. And uh, we just love Pastors Ross and Mary and uh, have been in relationship with them for a long time. So it's wonderful to preach at their church. I still love worshipping and hearing Pastor Ross just voice boom over whatever sound system you can put in. It doesn't affect his singing. And, uh, and so that's great. And uh, who liked that trailer movie? Man, haven't Christian movies come a long way? Some of you may remember what we used to show. You know, you've been left behind. They were actually just Christian um, scare tactics to terrify young children into fearfully turning to Jesus. And uh, so we've, uh, <laughs> we've greatly improved on the movies uh, we're using to illustrate Jesus. So that's exciting. And in fact, we have a really unique thing in Bendigo. We're the only city in Australia um, that the cinema companies will actually provide the funds to bring Christian movies to Bendigo. And they do that because the churches got behind the Christian movies so much that we were bringing in so much money for them when they came out. So many people came to see that they said, oh, we'll back it financially. So now they pay the bills to movies in Bendigo. So, you know, God can use anything, can't he? He's a good God. But uh, hey, I want to take some moments this morning to talk about stones of faith. Stones of faith. If you've got your Bibles, if you can turn with me to Hebrews chapter 11, we're going to read verses uh, 1 to 3 and then down to verse 6. Hebrews 11 says, Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the essence through their faith the people in the days of old earned a good reputation. And it goes down in verse 6 and it says, And it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to Him must believe that God exists and that He rewards those who sincerely seek Him. And God, I just invite you this morning to stir our faith. I pray that we would see what we haven't seen before, God, that there would be a spiritual dynamic that would just create the understanding and the faith to see what you want to say, to faith to receive it this morning in Jesus' name. You know, if we are ever going to walk in God's plan for our lives, beginning from salvation from sin to, to the highest purpose and calling that God has for us, the, the only way we can do that is it is being linked with our faith. We're saved by faith. The very receiving of our salvation comes by faith. And then walking in that comes by faith. And then the dreams that God have for us will never be possessed without faith. And, and I want to look at a passage today that helps us to create and to build faith. Uh, uh, see, memories are powerful, aren't they? I don't know if you've got some. I'm sure you have. We all have memories. That for some people, memories evoke incredible feelings of excitement or, or joy. For others, there are memories that are painful and, and sad. And, and some, they're great motivators. But others, hurt remains locked up in our memories. But memories are, are incredibly powerful. We have some that we want to forget. Most of us have some that we want to forget. Uh, most of us have some that we want to remember. For some of us, it might be maybe the proposal 
that you proposed to your husband, or hopefully you didn't propose to your husband, that's going around the wrong way, proposed to your wife, I proposed to my wife, and, and I remember that proposal, it was a special day, and, and then every now and then you get some young punk up here who does this over-the-top romantic proposal to their wife, and I just sit there thinking, you're an idiot. You're making it hard for everybody. If we can just keep a consistent bar, everyone can rise to that. Don't go, you know, making it hard for the rest of us. It's because you were given talents that we weren't. You know, maybe, maybe it's the smell of food that evokes a memory. Every time I drive past KFC, I'm reminded of good times I've spent with the colonel on his chicken. Just, just the smell puts me in a happy place. Just, oh, praise God for the colonel. You know, it can be something like that. Or maybe it's a, the, remember, the, the remembrance of, of a great time that you had away, even flying in here, flying over Fraser Island. I looked down and I, you know, we're from Queensland originally. And so I, I remembered the many times that we've been driving up the beach and just stirred great memories in my heart. Today, I want to be, talk about actually strategically building memories strategically building memories that actually work toward becoming faith builders, faith markers in our life. Uh, Joshua chapter 4 is where I want to look. Joshua chapter 4, we find a story of, maybe your Bible calls it memorial stones, but I want to read from this and we're going to pull some stuff out of it today. In verse 1 of Joshua 4, it says, And it came to pass... When all the people had completely crossed over the Jordan, that the Lord spoke to Joshua, saying, Take for yourselves twelve men from the people, one man from every tribe, and command them, saying, Take for yourselves twelve stones from here, out of the midst of the Jordan, from the place where the priest's feet stood firm. Yet you will carry them over with you and leave them in your lodging place where you lodge tonight. And then Joshua called the twelve men whom he appointed from the children of Israel, one man from every tribe. And Joshua said to them, Cross over before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of the Jordan. And each one of you take up a stone on his shoulder, according to the number of the tribes of the children of Israel, that this may be a sign among you, that when your children ask in time to come, saying, what do these stones mean to you? Then you will answer them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it crossed over the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. And these stones shall be for a memorial to the children of Israel forever. He then reminds us a little bit further in verse 21. He says again, When your children ask their fathers in time to come, saying, What are these stones? Then you shall let your children know, saying, Israel crossed over this Jordan on dry land, for the Lord your God dried up the waters, the Jordan before you, until you had crossed over, as the Lord God did to the river had crossed over, and all the peoples of the earth, may know that the hand of the Lord, that it is mighty, that you may fear the Lord your God forever. You know, when we read this, what we find is a fairly simple task. God commanded Joshua to get some people to pick up some stones or some rocks and to carry them across a river and dump them on the other side. The piles of stones, they were carried from the Jordan, which was the river they were crossing, and they were set up, and it was done on the first night 
of the people of Israel in the promised land. This was actually the very first thing they did. There's a great principle of firsts in the Bible. On the possession of the new promises of God, they built memorial stones. And the purpose, according to the verses, was to inspire faith that in either tough times or times when maybe life was easy and they were tempted to turn from God, that people, particularly their children, would look back and they would see this weird pile of rocks. They would say, what's that about? And they would say, ah, I'm so glad you asked. That was when God parted the rivers. He parted the waters and we walked through on dry land. That, that, that is why you have the future and the hope that you, that pile of rocks represents God's plan and purpose for your life. See, the first thing that we notice about this pile of rocks that, that should be used to, to inspire and to stir and to encourage is actually, See, because where you get something from has a great bearing on how it's received or how it's perceived. If you don't believe me, you know, um, try a little experiment for me. On your way home from work one day, call into the number one florist in Harvey Bay and get yourself, your wife, uh, get her a beautiful bouquet of flowers, the most expensive flowers you can from the most expensive florist shop you can find. Go get them and bring them home and give them to your wife be amazed may even have another child who knows <laughs> flowers are magic things but then the following week what i want you to do is just cruise past the cemetery and find some fresh ones and borrow them and then hand them to your wife and say sweetie i was on my way past the cemetery and i saw these and i thought of you I reckon you're going to get a slightly different response. Because where something comes from matters. If you were to invite me over to your place and I called into the butcher and I grabbed a big couple of big steaks, got some nice scotch fillet steaks, and I rock up and I say, hey, here's some steaks for the barbie. You'd be like, oh, wow, these are beautiful. Let's cook these up and, and we'd have a great time together. But, but if I rocked up to your place and I threw an old rouleg on the bench and said, mate, I killed this on the way, um, saw it on the road and I've sort of cut its head off and thrown a leg, cut a couple of steaks. See, where something comes from makes a difference on how it's received. And, and so where, where something comes from, Joshua, he commands the people to get the rocks from a particular place. He, he says, take for yourselves 12 stones from here out of the midst of the Jordan, from the place where the priest's feet stood. So what he didn't say was get them from Egypt. What you'll notice is the rocks that, builded, that built faith for a generation and generations to come, they didn't come from Egypt. Because these were to stir rocks from Egypt. It doesn't stir faith, it takes faith. It saps faith. You see, Egypt represented a negative, captive, a time of, in their past of slavery and brokenness and hurt and offense and loss. Really, anything negative from the past can be associated with Egypt. And here's the deal. If you carry stones from Egypt, this is what it looks like. It looks like bringing negative brokenness from the past and, you drag it and you're trying to get to your future. But the problem is you're dragging rocks from Egypt. 
You see, the generation before that never got to the promised land, they dragged rocks from Egypt. They never took the stones from the Jordan because they were too busy carrying stones from Egypt. And we know that because we see what it looks like. And the problem with carrying stones from Egypt is after a while carrying rocks, it's a long way and it gets heavy. It gets heavy when you're carrying a stone that you weren't supposed to carry. And you can tell people in life that carry rocks from Egypt because when they carry, they're always weighed down. Doesn't matter what God's doing, they're weighed down. Doesn't matter if it's blue sky or red, they're weighed down. Why? Why are they weighed down all the time? Because they're carrying stones they were never intended to carry. If, if you're carrying rock from Egypt, they always have a frown. They always have their arms folded. They're always looking for the negative. Oh, that won't work. Oh, we've done that before. Or why are we doing that? Carrying rocks from Egypt. Everything's a problem for these people. Doesn't matter what you got to do. Oh, it's too hard. Oh, it's this. Why? Because they're carrying stones from Egypt and they're tired. They've got no energy for the fresh things of God because they're too tired from carrying the past and trying to drag that along getting to their future. They're, they're always looking at the wrong side of things. And, and that's the first thing that happens when you carry a rock that you were never supposed to carry from the past. You get tired. Here's the other thing. The longer you carry it, the worse it gets. The longer you carry that hurt, that offense, that thing in the past, you know, the longer you carry something that you were never intended to carry, the more it weighs you down until finally you find yourself in the... Which is what happened to the first generation that came out of Egypt. They carried so many rocks and stones from the past that they couldn't even make it into the promised land of God. And we see the results of this in the attitudes of the people of Israel. We see it in how they looked at life and how they approached things. You see it in Exodus 14 when they're up against a fight. All of a sudden, things don't work out. Anyone realize that life doesn't always work out like it does in Disney? That's why we watch Disney, because life is not Disney. And so sometimes things go on, things happen, and they're not what we planned or what we intended, and it's not nice, and it might not be your fault, or maybe it is, I don't know. But life doesn't always turn out as planned, and, and sometimes you find yourself in a fight. Sometimes it's against the devil, sometimes it's against our own stupidity, sometimes it's against things that other people have done, but, but we find ourselves in a fight, and the people of Israel, they, they found themselves in a fight in Exodus 14, and they said to Moses, because there were no graves in Egypt, You've taken us away to die in the wilderness. Why have you dealt so with us to bring us out of Egypt? Isn't this the word that we told you in Egypt saying, leave us alone that we can serve the Egyptians. For it would have been better to serve the Egyptians than we should die in the wilderness. What a disgrace. What a disgrace that they would choose to die as slaves rather than fight for their freedom at least. Die fighting than live a slave. But this is what happens when you carry rocks from Egypt. You've got no courage, no strength because you're too busy. And, and isn't it funny that they, look, they make it look like they should return to Egypt as if it was a good place. Let, let's think about this. Egypt made them murder their own children. That's not so good. Funny memory. 
They get into a fight and they want to go back to a place where they, people force them to kill their own children. Talk about it, but when you're dragging stones from your past, you've got no strength to fight for your future. The next one is you see it when they're hungry. In Exodus 16, they, they get hungry and they say, Oh, you know, verse uh, 2 uh, of chapter 16 says, Then the whole congregation of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And the children of Israel said, Oh, Oh, that we died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt where we sat by the pots of meat and we ate bread to the full. Short memory. They make Egypt sound like it was a day spa. Some sort of resort. They're all sipping pina coladas and wandering up and down the beach. That's not the story of Egypt. They were slaves. They were killing it. Don't we have short memories? You know, you remember back to that camping trip and you go, how much fun did we have at that camping trip? Remember it rained all the time and we were stuck in the tent. No, that was terrible. That was hell on earth. Your kids whinged the whole time. You were semi-depressed. Your wife wanted to kill you. That was a bad weekend. But, But the further you get away, the better it looked. That's the way life works. Short memory. But we do it with our old life. We do it with sin. We do it with the past. Oh, the good old days. They weren't so good. You forget the hardship that was in the bad old days. But when we call them the good old days, no, that's what happens when you carry rocks from Egypt. You get a short memory because you're so tired carrying this rock you were never supposed to carry. Back there looks good, but it wasn't. It was slavery. It was brokenness. It was, it was moving backwards. But when you're dragging rocks from the past, you miss out on energy for the future. You find it when they're thirsty. The people thirsted for water. And they complained against Moses and said, Why is it you've brought us up out of Egypt to kill us and our children? I mean, here's the deal. These, this is a group of people that God is doing miracles for. God is setting them free. They are actually literally living in the miraculous. They've got shoes that never wear out. They've got food coming down from the sky. They've got water pouring out of rocks. They've been protected from an army that oppressed them for 400 years and watched them drown in the Red Sea. And they're, they're living literally in like power times of God. And what can they see? Nothing can't see anything because they're blind and tired and disappointed because they're dragged they've dragged rocks of Egypt through the Red Sea and they're dragging them around the desert and they're old and cynical and can't look forward because they're dragging stuff from the past can I just tell you that if you drag the past along you will rob yourself of God's future It will literally stop you. We sing, God can do anything he can, but you can stop him from ever possessing what God has for you. And here's the sad part. Too many parents drag rocks from Egypt and they rob their kids of their future. Sit around talking about the pain of the past or where the church hasn't been what they thought it should be and this happened and this person. And what they don't realize is they're literally tipping poison in dragging rocks from the past. Here's a word from God for you today. Stop it. Let them go. Drop it. You're killing your kids. You're hindering God's work in the community. You're hindering your own life. Do not drag rocks from the past of Egypt. We all have Egypt. All of us. 
Everyone, not one of us will escape. And the thing about Egypt is they didn't pick it. Some idiots 400 years ago moved to Egypt. And they weren't idiots. It was actually part of God's plan. It was part of God's deliverance for their life, for the people of Israel. If they didn't go to Egypt, they would have died. They didn't make the choice, but they woke up one day. They were born one day in slavery. It wasn't their fault. It wasn't their choice, but it impacted their life. But they had to let it go. You will find yourself in Egypt someday, but, but don't carry stones from there. Don't drag rocks from Egypt. People walk around carrying a hurt. They walk around carrying some offense. Oh, so-and-so said this. So-and-so did this. All they are doing is hindering God's plan for their future. However, there was something that the people of God were required to take from Egypt. They were actually commanded to take from Egypt. Exodus chapter 3. It says, So I will stretch out my hand... And strike Egypt with all my wonders, which I will do in its midst. And afterwards, he will let you go. And I will give this people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. And it shall be when you go, that you shall not go empty-handed. But every woman shall ask of her neighbor, namely of her who dwells near her house, articles of silver, articles of and clothing. And you shall put them on your sons and on your daughters, so you shall plunder the Egyptians." This actually says, when you have an Egypt experience, which equals not my fault, but I'm oppressed, I'm mistreated, I'm enslaved, I'm hurt, I'm damaged, maybe because of someone, maybe because of my own mistakes, whatever it is, that we have to take a negative memory and drag some rock of offense around, but neither are we to go empty-handed. We instead should leave with treasure. When you leave Egypt, don't take a rock, take treasure take treasure see some people let their e their egypt experience rob them they lose their joy coming out of egypt they lose their faith in god they lose their generous spirit they lose their trust in god's body the church they they lose their positive attitude and their faith-filled spirit they become cynical and judgmental but god's plan is not that you have any of that taken from you instead god's plan is that you use a trial and take treasure from it God's plan is that you think you take good from what the devil intended for evil. I think that's what James means. In James chapter 1 verse 2, his brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. What? Are you insane? What is wrong with you, James? None of us like that verse. We all want to rip it out. Why would he say that? Because he understood that when you leave Egypt, you shouldn't leave dragging rocks. You should leave with treasure. You should leave with gold. In fact, I would put, if you go through Egypt, come out with gold, not weights. Can I encourage you that when the devil thinks it's a good idea to pick on, to pick on your family, to pick on your future, you should instead make him rue the day that he ever considered messing with your family. When the devil wants to pick on you, make him regret it. Make him go back and go, what was I thinking? Why did I do that? You've got to be kidding. This guy, this woman won't stop praying. I believe we ought to come through trials with more, not less. Come through Egypt with greater faith than what you hit Egypt with. Come through Egypt with bigger expectation. 
Come through Egypt with more passion for God and His kingdom. Come through Egypt with more generosity. Come through Egypt with more character. Come through Egypt with more steel on your spine. More, more, more. Don't let Egypt rob you. You rob Egypt. We've faced some challenges in our own family. And uh, I remember one time getting sick of praying for someone who was sick. It just annoyed me praying for them all the time. And I thought, why should I be praying against cancer all the time? I'll, I'll curse cancer, but I'm not going to do it all the time. Well, here's what I'm going to do, devil. Every time you remind me of her condition, I'm going to go and pray for souls. I'm going to teach you a lesson. You mess with my family, the healing's already in God's hand. It's already working out. I'm just going to go in to bat for more lost people. Because you can let the devil mess with you, or you can make him regret it. Now, whether or not my sister, just so you know, she didn't actually get healed, but she did. She got a miracle. She just got on the other side of eternity. That's the way God works. Sometimes we look way too narrow at the plan and purpose of God. But I tell you what, I I started praying for souls. And I want to tell you, we are seeing souls get saved in our church like never before. We've had some trial in our family, but I'm telling you, we've taken treasure out of that trial. And we are seeing souls saved and lives changed. Refuse to let the devil rob you. I remember one day a guy in our church, he, uh, he took me out. He came, marched across to our Bible college. I was still in Bible college on the, at the time. And he marched across. And he found me on break. He goes, Garrett, what are you doing? It was obvious when I was doing nothing. I was just sitting around because I was on a break. And he says, hey. How long to your next class? And I think it was lunch. I said, oh, I got an hour or so. And he goes, all right, come with me. All right. So I went and got in his car. This was a business guy in our church. The plaza. I said, okay. What for? He goes, I'm going to buy you some new clothes. Fair enough. Didn't realize I was that daggy. He goes, where's your favorite shop? I said, don't really have one. I see. I don't shop, personally speaking. I can't even tell you the last item of clothing I ever bought. Probably a hunting jacket or something. My wife buys my clothes. I just wear what I'm told because I don't care. But anyway, <laughs> driving, and I said, what, what, what are we doing? Like, why are you taking me to my favorite shop, which I don't even have? Why are you offering to spend money on me I didn't even really ask for? He goes, because someone ripped me off today. And whenever the devil thinks he can rip me off, someone cost me a lot of money. Because I just like to throw it in the devil's face and let him know that he has no control over my generosity. I want to leave you with an encouragement today. We'll all face Egypt, but don't let Egypt get in you. You've got a future. God has a great plan for your life. God has a promised land for you. But here's what you need to do you need to leave the rocks from Egypt. And in two minutes, I want to remind you where the stones that they carried were from. They were carried from the Jordan. They were carried from a time of miracle. They were carried from something they should never have done. I love the fact that they carried stones from a place their feet should never have been.
What we need to do is look at the times in our life when God has done the impossible. Look at the times in our life when God has come through and you need to take a stone from that place and you need to put it in your life. Instead of thinking about the time you got hurt, think about the time that God came through. Instead of thinking about the time you were disappointed, think about the miraculous God. Take stones from miraculous points in your life. If the only miraculous point you've got is your salvation, that is a heck of a rock to put down on the ground and remember what God has done. But if you want your future and want to move into it and you want your kids to look into the future and possess what God has for them, you can't afford for them to be looking back to the rocks you've dragged from Egypt. Instead, you've got to take rocks from the miracle times, the power of God, the goodness of God, and you need to pile them up. Not just one, not just two, make a pile of the goodness of God and point your kids' eyes to them, point your own eyes to them. And when you get and you think about Egypt, you choose to leave it behind and you choose to focus instead on the promises of God. And those promises will lead you towards God's promised land for your life. In Jesus' name. Stay tuned for another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church.